In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. We have some great passages about prayer. We have to at least address the first one, which is along the lines of your kids seeing how many more bites of vegetables they need to eat until they can have dessert. If I eat ten more bites of vegetables, can I have dessert? How about if I just eat seven? Maybe just two? As, as Abraham sort of whittles God down to how many righteous people are in Sodom and, and to, for it to, to not be destroyed. But it's a great, it's a great passage of, of, of the way, the relationship that God invites us into. Right, that we can be to be honest and, and forthcoming and and uh, bold and, and um, for prayer for for this city, which even though, as we know, Abraham got 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 all the way down to ten, that God couldn't find ten. Um, so the still the city was still destroyed. We skipped that part, but he rescued the ones that were righteous right beforehand. So he got Lot and his family out um, before before the city is destroyed. But it's, but it's, the, we have this passage about, about prayer in, in the Old Testament, sort of to go along with the passage in, in Luke's gospel, where, where Jesus talks about the importance of praying, the importance of, of drawing near to God and, and communicating and being in that relationship with a living God who longs to be in relationship with us. And it begins with, um, a disciple asking Jesus to teach us to pray, and hopefully you caught um, a glimpse of that prayer. Should have been a little bit familiar to you. We pray every time we get together for morning prayer, noonday prayer, evening prayer, compliment, funerals, weddings, <laughs> Eucharist, whatever you. Whenever we're together, we pray the Lord's Prayer, um, the prayer that Jesus taught us. It might be better to be like the disciples' prayer, but it's the prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father. In heaven, hallowed be your name. We praise God. Your kingdom come here. May your kingdom be present with us on earth. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And save us from all temptation. Protect us. It's a great, a great, powerful prayer of, of praise and confession and um, intercession. And Jesus follows up. The, that power of prayer with, with a parable. And this is a parable that's often misunderstood and, more importantly, misinterpreted um, because of all the pronouns. So the problem when you have lots of pronouns and they just, you get all the he's start backing up on everything and you, you can't figure out who the he is. Uh, but we'll just begin with the parable of, of Jesus saying, suppose you went to a friend's house and you said to your friend, um, friend, a visitor came into town and I need three loaves of bread, could you get me some? And imagine the friend saying, no. And then not only saying no, saying, I'm all the doors are already locked and children are in bed with me, I can't get up and give anything. Jesus said, imagine that scenario. Which the, the answer, of course, is everybody says, no, I can't imagine such a thing. Because hospitality is like the most important thing in the community. And so if you, if you are a, a visitor comes into town, it's not just 
It's not just your honor. We're very individualistic now in, in America, but this is a corporate thing. This is a community thing in the Middle East, that it's the honor of the whole village that's, that's at stake. So can you imagine saying no? It'd sort of be like, in our, in our context, can you imagine going to your neighbor's house and saying, my five-year-old is not in the house and we don't know where he is. Could you get up and, and call the police and help me look for him and say, no, sorry, can't, it's late, I'm already in my pajamas and you know, I, I, can't, I can't get up and do anything. Can you imagine anybody saying that? The answer is no, we can't imagine anybody saying that. In the same way, the answer here is no. And, and the verse afterwards says, oftentimes is, is boldness or persistence, as we just read, sometimes um, impudence, which is what's in this Bible, but even then it's usually attributed to the knocker as opposed to the person in bed. But really it's, it's can you imagine? Um, it's not, he's not going to get up because he's his friend, but because of his impudence, and not the impudence of the knocker. But this word often is, is also means shamelessness, which is what really impudence means, like you don't have any shame. But really it means you don't, in this case, you don't want to be shamed before the community. Because in reality, also, a couple things, three loaves of bread is, is not really that much. Um, because the visitors come to town. I'm going to Bill and Dee's house, and they've got the best tablecloth. And then I'm going over to Connie's house, and she's got the great bowl. And then I'm going over to Holly's, and she makes this amazing dish. And then I'm going over here to get the cup and the wine. And then finally I get a fair like I get three loaves of bread, which in that in that culture is sort of like disposable silverware, right? You're just you're just dipping the bread to get all the good stuff. So it's this minimal thing. Can you imagine saying no? The answer is no. And, and it's not because of the boldness of the knocker. We always want to make this about us. So there's, there's a couple things that's wrong with this. The first is that if you're comparing um, my boldness or my persistence that I can keep nagging God until God gives me what I want, that's not really our theology. If I keep just nagging God, Dear God, I want a winning lottery ticket. Dear God, I want a winning lottery ticket. Dear God, I want a winning lottery ticket. I want a fish. I want. A, uh, where's my fish person? I want a fish. I want a fish. I want a fish. I want a fish. It's my daughter's on a fish kick now. Oh, there she is. She can hear me in the back. Just you don't nag God into things, right? That's the first thing. But the second is, it doesn't matter about. He's not going to get up because he's his friend. He's going to get up because if I went to Bill and Adid, Connie, Holly, Betty, and then Fairlight said no, everybody's the next morning is going to be like, you put our you put our community in shame, right? Because of the shamelessness. And what this what this means is God doesn't answer our prayer because of anything we do. God doesn't answer our prayers because we're bold, or because we're persistent, or because we net. God answers our prayers because God is holy, and his name is above all names. And God answers our prayers because of who God is. 
which is way better than God answering our prayers because we did something right or we had a formulaic prayer or because we said the right thing or did the right thing or all this other pressure that, that sounds good for us. It's easier to teach. Be bold in your prayers. Be persistent in your prayers. And we should be both of those things, right? We should be bold. We should be persistent in praying. But we are bold and persistent because God wants to bless us and to answer our prayers and to give us those things and mostly to give us the kingdom of God here. God loves that Abraham is going back and forth, right? God loves that. God loves when Moses stands up and says, don't, you know, you know, when God's after the, after the um, golden calf incident, right? And, and God just says, I'm going to wipe these people out. And we're going to start right with you, Moses. We're going to start a new nation right with you. And Moses says, don't do that. Don't do that. What will, what will people say? What will your name be like? That he saved us from Pharaoh just to drag us out into the desert and kill us. Your name will be scorned among all nations. And God relented, but God obviously didn't want to do that. But, but there's still that for God's name. And this is, this is, this is the joy of, of, of prayer. That we come to God in prayer in, in relationship. To be blessed. By, by a God who wants to bless us. And, and, and Jesus like, if you didn't get it from this parable, I'll give you the next one. Ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. Which of you parents are going to give your kid if he asks for a fish, a snake? I'm not getting you a snake. Good. Good. If he asks for an egg, you're going to give him a scorpion. If you, though you're evil, or sinful, less than perfect, not God, otherwise. If you know how to give good gifts to your kids, how much more will the Heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit? Bring forth that kingdom for you. And again, sometimes, sometimes we feel like our prayers aren't, aren't answered um, because we, we, don't, we skip that first part a lot of times of, of the Lord's Prayer of um, bringing your kingdom here, right? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's basically saying, may your kingdom come here. If we ask for God's kingdom to come and to intersect our kingdom and our life, his kingdom to intersect our lives, then, then those prayers are always more, more readily answered than, than the prayers that, that basically say, give me stuff in this world. I'd like more stuff. There was a priest who, who shared, um, said, if you want to see, see God, God show up quickly and answer to a prayer, just pray that God will bring somebody into your life that you can share the love of God with. And it's amazing how fast God will answer that prayer. He's like, I'll go into a Denny's and sit at the counter and pray that prayer, and within five minutes, somebody will sit next to me that I can uh, share about the love of God with. And then, you want to see God show up, pray for somebody who just never, never really received God and pray that they, that they experience the Holy Spirit. 
and, and the Holy Spirit shows up like that. Because for, for sometimes for Christians, you might be there a long time before the Holy Spirit shows up. But for the person who's never really received it, it comes right upon them. They feel that love of God right there. How much more does God want to give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? How much more does God want to bring forth the kingdom to those who ask it? You know how to give good gifts. And so this is a powerful, powerful passages about, about prayer. And not just the importance of, of prayer um, for, our own, for our own sort of spiritual sake. Because it really does invite us to allow God to, to impact our lives, to bless us in ways that we can't even imagine, in ways that we can't even fathom. And that God is there simply because God, that's God's character. God's character of holiness and, and righteousness. Um, so, um, this is probably a good sermon just to end with a prayer, so we'll do that, rather than me try to give any sort of application. Lord, we give you thanks and, and praise indeed that you are a God who, who wants to give good gifts to his children, who wants to give good gifts of the Spirit, who's given us your Son, not because of anything that we've done, not because of any prayers that we've said wonderfully, but simply because of who you are. Your name is holy. We thank you, God, for, for being a God who loves us, who longs to be in relationship with us, and to bring forth your kingdom. Us. Fill us, O oh Lord, with the power of your Spirit, and bless us and increase our love and grace more and more each and every day. Amen.